Hello, and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie, and I am here with two special guests today. My awesome mom, Corrine. Hello. And my littlest sister, Hunter. Hello. Today we will be talking about a possible serial killer, but double murderer, Sheila LaBerre. And people from our area will know her because all of this happened in Epping, New Hampshire. So the start of our story is Sheila Bailey was born July 4th, 1958 in Fort Payne, Alabama. You can put your cup down. (laughs) Her nickname growing up was Firecracker, not only for her birthday because she was born on July 4th, but for her personality. As a child, Sheila claimed she was physically and sexually abused by her father, none of which has ever been proven, so I don't want to say her father was an abuser because nobody but her sister says, Mm -hmm. yeah, sexual and physical. But um, What did her sister say? It will be brought up in court about what a POS her father was and why what he did caused Sheila to become a murderer, but... No. <laughs> um, there is some truth to it, I think, obviously, but to what extent, I do not know. <laughs> Sheila's obsession with men and controlling them started early in her life. In 1981, at the age of 23, she married John Baxter. After only six weeks of marriage, John filed for divorce. His now adult daughter recounts how Sheila, not wanting to take care of her, um, while her father was at work, would lock her in a small closet. Once John found out, they got divorced right away and their marriage was annulled. That really stings. Locked up in a small closet, yeah. Yeah, that's just unwanted. She, she didn't care. The only thing she ever cared about was money and being in control of people, which you find out later. Mm-hmm. So since the marriage was annulled, she basically was like, all right, Let's start all over again. So she did. (laughs) Um, She got married shortly after that to Ronnie Jennings and moved to Chattanooga. As Ronnie put it later on, she's just crazy, to put it bluntly. Sheila didn't care about anyone. She just wanted everything her way. After a big fight, Sheila decided to try and kill herself. She took a handful of sedatives and drove her car, crashed into a ditch, and wound up in a coma for eight days. When she awoke from this coma, she was telling everybody that she was an avenging angel brought back by God to punish pedophiles. Um, Her husband then put her in a psychiatric unit where she claimed she had to ward off sexual attackers. Yes. Keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. After her second divorce, Sheila needed a new man to take care of her, so she started looking through the Lonely Hearts ads. Did you ever see those when you were... Lonely Hearts? Yeah, back in the days. Oh, no. I'm way too young for that. This was in 87. <laughs> so, that was no. about the <laughs> Now no, I've never heard of him. Um, in 1987, she found widower Wilfred J. LeBaire, or Bill as he was found, uh, fondly known as, in, from Epic, New Hampshire. Bill was a respected chiropractor and had an office in Hampton, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Sheila needed company and companionship and somebody to control, so she started doing everything she could to get Bill's attention, which is sending nudies. 
<laughs> this is an 80, so sending oh these in the mail. <laughs> personally, oh personally, personally, I really don't think she's that pretty. I didn't either. I guess she. Oh, I, I mean, she she got frumpily. She got frumpily over the years, oh, but oh. she definitely is not. No, I mean, she I guess in the early then. 80s she was a beauty pageant winner, and they call. I watched <laughs> two <Really>? two different <laughs> ID shows. One yeah, was really? called. Deadly Women, and the other one was like Wicked Intentions or something, and both of them played her off as this cougar and this sex pot. That's so weird. And the actresses that played her in both, they were different actresses, were just... Were they, like, good-looking? They, the actresses were pretty, but it was just the most corniest shit I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> and, like, the acting was terrible. I mean, I feel bad, but... Low grade. It was bad. Uh, next thing... Um, after sending her nudies to Belle, she <laughs> went to Epi, New Hampshire to ruin Belle's life. Belle owned a 115-acre horse farm and was, as mm. I said, he was a prominent business owner. Yep. Uh, he was a chiropractor. Uh, she uh, soon made herself at home. Is somebody so smart? He was old. He was oh. older. He was a widower. He was lonely. True. Just because they're He's old wanting. doesn't make him really... Stupid, you know. Well, he, he wanted companionship. I guess so. Too. But anyway, um, not only did she move in right away, she took over managing the business and the farm. So she control freak. Like I she controlled guess everything. so, but I can't imagine. I mean, if somebody was to come into here and say, "Okay, I'm gonna take control," well, are you it kidding was, me? So Wolf, I'll, I'll, you'll see okay, soon about ahead. how she did that. Okay. Um, they never married, although Sheila insisted that everyone in town call her Sheila LeBaire. Sheila huh. then convinced Bill to give her the power of attorney. So in case something happened to Bill, everything would be hers. Oh my God. He didn't have kids. He did. Oh my God. That sucks. How did he can Jump in the gun here. I'm about to just okay. talk about it. Um, <laughs> I actually read an article to, from 2010. His family, his daughter's trying to get his um, autopsy reviewed okay. again because Sheila insisted he was cremated and she spread his ashes, I'm using quotations everyone, spread his ashes um, on the farm. Yep, yep. But apparently the will he draws up, which I, yeah, the power of attorney was not, wasn't valid, but she still gained everything it took them till 2010 to prove oh. that, right? Yeah, that's so sad though too. Bill's daughter, Laura, was not impressed with the situation at all and didn't trust Sheila, obviously. Mm -hmm. In 1988, just after a year, a year after Sheila came to Epping and took over Bill's life, the police were called to a farm for a domestic disturbance. When the police showed up, both Bill and Sheila came outside. Bill was covered in scratches on his face and neck. No charges were ever filed, but this started a long relationship with Sheila and the Epping Police Department. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Small town. During the time between 1988 and her arrest in 2006, the Epi police started requiring a two-officer response when dealing with her. This was because the way Sheila acted towards the police department. That was because any time a police officer would come, Sheila would be half-naked, sexually uh, harass them by being, trying to be flirtatious. And so they required two officers in case she said something that they did against her. Because of... Yeah, because now yeah. she's crazy. Oh, 
That's a little scary. Yeah, that they required just to go up just to... Just to, yeah. yeah. In the, the stupid, weird thing I watched, uh, they said that she came out in um, a white tank top yeah. with nothing else on. No bra, <laughs> you know, in a pair of underwear. Sheila kept Bill on a short leash and controlled everything in his life. But that didn't mean Sheila couldn't do what she wanted. In 1995, Sheila married a farmhand named Wayne Ennis. They divorced in 1996, with Sheila claiming that Wayne tried to run her off the road, punched her in the head, and kicked her. Of course. Although she claimed he abused her, she made sure to t- stay in touch with him. <laughs> Weird. In that same year, Sheila took to chasing Bill around with a gun as a means of intimidation to get what she wanted from Bill. So from uh, the start, she was scaring the shit out of him. I think he was like 67. Aww. Still, that's not so very sad. old. I mean, it's older, but... He was afraid of her. She was in her 40s. And no, no. No? No. This was 87. She was born in 58. 58, 68, 78. So she was almost 40. 30. 38, yeah, 39. Gosh. No, this was... How, how old is This you? was 88. 88? She was born in 58. Oh. Yeah, 58. Yeah. So 30. Yeah, it'd be more... Yeah. 10 years younger than Momo. Yeah. Wait, Momo was born in... 44. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> in that same year, like I said, she was chasing Bella around with a gun. She found ways... She always found ways to get what she wanted from anyone. Sex and fear. She used both with the men in her life. Not only did she try to scare Bella with a gun, she tried to recruit Wayne, you know, the guy that... Tried to run her off the road. And her ex-husband? Her, yeah, to kill Bill. <laughs> so that she could take over the business and the farm. Jeez. Bill's daughter, after all this, went to court to try and get a restraining order for her dad against Sheila. They were successful and was, one was granted for just a year. So I have no idea how she kept the power of attorney after he died. That, never mind after he died. After she got married, did she have the power of attorney before she had gotten married to the family? I, I mean, I guess it didn't matter. She was living in his building in Hampton with her new husband. She didn't live on the farm. She, she went was in to a an apartment. Building. Yeah. But it was still Bill's. That's what I need. I feel bad for him. Oh, yeah. Um, in 2000, oh, yeah. all of Sheila's dreams would come true when Bill died. Suddenly about heart attack mm-hmm. and she inherited everything I say heart attack in quotes you didn't hear it but shoo shoo <laughs> heart attack um, because people there were saying that maybe she poisoned him but I mean he wasn't very old when he passed and he passed just suddenly like boom done yeah and like I said in 2010 his family tried to get uh, a review of his Autopsy because she had him cremated immediately after. Yeah. If they even Suspicious. ran any tests. Yeah, so I'm gonna put it out there. She killed him. I don't care if that. I can't get sued no. by a person in jail, right? No. <laughs> well, no, not unless she gets out. Well, yeah, well, they yeah. hire. <laughs> She's not gonna hear this. <laughs> but speaking of abuse, um, before Bill died in 1998, Sheila again was charged with second-degree assault against another one of her boyfriends, James Brackett. She stabbed mm-hmm. him in the head with a pair mm-hmm. of scissors. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Do you, this, I, yeah, I remember. I this remember. case was dropped 
because the police considered it a lover's quarrel. Mm-hmm. Many, many times in this case, we see that this complete trash bag human gets away with breaking the law. So she, uh, Was she living on the farm, back on the farm after he died? I'm just curious. Yes, that's where they... Fell. That's where he... That's where... She uh, yeah, took she, a, as soon as he died, she went back there. And her lover or whatever he is. This guy? I don't... Well, her Is he lovers, living with her? Lovers. When uh, she stabbed him in the head with scissors? Yeah. I don't think she was on the farm. I think she was in an apartment. Okay. Um, I think... Because I remember some some things. I think that she... If she got prosecuted for these crimes... Yeah. That, that maybe these two or whoever, however many men would be alive. Because if she got to jail, maybe she wouldn't have done this. But she was using Bill's money to keep herself out with the lawyers and stuff like that. Yeah. So she must have gone through the estate what was left for the kids after he was gone. Nothing. Yeah. The house, sad, the huh? house went up for auction. How could they not like, win that in court? I don't know. After Bill died, Sheila got everything she wanted. So she decided to make her hobby of bothering the police a full-time job. The police department has a record of over a hundred calls from her complaining about everything from her neighbors to the road not being plowed properly and to domestic abuse allegations. You name it, she called about it. But she didn't only call. She wrote letters. She wrote fax (laughs) stuff. And she just show up. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what a fax is? I do know what a fax is. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of the, the way she acted to the police caused them not wanting to deal with her. So I thought, like, further on you'll see... Less and less. The lack... And I'm not saying anything bad, but the lack of their response to and their house. response time... Right. Was... Person crying wolf. Yeah. So, from 2000 on, Sheila had a lot of men coming and going from the farm. Some would show up and leave, and some would show up and never leave. And those we'll be talking about now. Yes, this is the part I remember. Kenneth County was 24 years old. He was described by his mother as someone who trusted others easily. He was kind, caring, and gentle. He had a mental deficiency since birth, so socially he couldn't defend himself against predators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, now I guess we call it autism or Asperger's. Right, right. Just people don't have that sense. He doesn't understand that that's a stranger. Don't talk to them kind of situation. They don't have... Those kind of fears. Yeah, his mother took care of him. Yeah. Uh, Sheila and Kenneth met on a chat line in February 2006, which I didn't even know was a thing. That Chat part. line? Yeah. AOL? Well, no. I think like <laughs> chat line, like a 1-800 number type of situation. Oh, oh maybe. Maybe. I mean, we used to have... There were chat rooms. No, I know that, but I'm talking about like you... Like a dating service? You like 1-800-WHORE. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they went on a date on Valentine's Day, and Kenneth never went home again. So sad. Sheila made sure that Kenneth isolated himself from his family, and um, once Kenneth's mother stopped hearing from her son, she filed a missing persons report on February 24th. Kenneth's mother, Carolyn Lodge, knew her son was who her son was with, sorry, and was able to call back into the police department directly to file that report. Sergeant Gallagher and Detective Richard Cote, C-O-T-E would be Cody, right? 
Yeah. Went to Sheila's home to do a welfare check on Kenneth. Once at the house, they spoke to Sheila, who initially said Kenneth was not there. Then she said he was there, but he was in the bath nude and he couldn't come talk to them. So finally, after all that, she got Kenneth and brought him to the door. He spoke to the police, said he was fine and wanted to be there. Oh. So two days later, Sheila decided she had not made a complaint to the police department in a while and today was <laughs> going to be that day. She made not one, not two, but three calls to the police department. She wanted a copy of the missing persons report filed by Kenneth. I don't understand why. I a copy s- of it? Yeah, she Before. wanted yeah, Exactly. Weird. I don't understand yeah. at all why. Did they give her one? No, they can't. Is it public? I don't know. It doesn't say. That just said, uh, like, every article I read just said right. that. Right. Um, and she wanted but to the let the original them- report, probably to get people's names. Maybe, to get his mother's name or Maybe. her phone number. Um, mm-hmm. She also wanted to let them know if they came back on her property, she'd sue them. Oh, so. police? Yeah. Really? I don't <laughs> understand why that took three phone calls, but Jeez. she made sure to thoroughly irritate the department. So we're going to jump ahead to March. March 17, 2006. So it was less than a month. So we're not, I guess we're not jumping that far. <laughs> <laughs> the police get a call from a Walmart about a suspicious person being disruptive. And we all know that Walmart, they're not getting the super center. Mm-hmm. Been there a bunch of times. When the police arrived, they found Sheila, of course, being a bitch. And poor Kenneth slumped over in a wheelchair. His skin was ashen. And ashen, I don't quite know what that means. Like, um, like they ash. Well, they said um, the Walmart employee who testifies in court says that his color was greenish, yellowish, like his skin color. Okay. So the other, was it Ashton? Ashen. A-S-H-E-N. Well, you're looking up that. Yeah, I was just curious. He had cuts covering his face and hands, and one of his hands was not functioning normally. Pale gray of... Ash. So like a dead body. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. That's what I think. When the officers asked about the state of Kenneth, Sheila informed them he received them in a car accident. So they're a police department from Epping. Don't you think they'd hear about a car accident where somebody got injured? How much does it take to say, hey, has there been a incident going on? Well they didn't. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) When the officers tried to speak to Kenneth directly, Sheila told Kenneth not to speak to them. So she's controlled, fully control of him, and his hand's not functioning, he can't walk, he's in a wheelchair, he's got cuts and bruises, so I think poison. That's my first thought, is she was poisoning him. His body is like shutting down Yeah, probably. Arsenic, maybe. She burnt, burnt him. Yeah. She burnt him. Um, the the officers escorted Sheila out to the, of the store, to the car, her car, so... When Kenneth got up to walk, he was only able to lean on a grocery cart to drag himself to the car. Mm. Uh, Sheila had to basically pick him up and put him in the truck because he couldn't do it himself. And they let him let him go. Yeah. Let her go. Yeah. He yeah. he's clearly afraid for his life, but he was also afraid to ask for help. So March twenty second rolls around, and I will give you both one guess of what happens. Um. They call to a residence because of No, Sheila called them. Oh, Sheila called them. (laughs) Okay. She Um. called to complain to the department again for characterizing her as a suspicious person in the report. So she calls 
as soon as a report's filed to get that report. And then... And it complains that she was considered a suspicious, suspicious. person. I'd say that two times fast. Suspicious. 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 <laughs> she also told him, the uh, sergeant, that Kenneth had left the house. The next day, though, Kenneth's mother called the Epic Police Department and said that she received the same call from Sheila saying that Kenneth had left. She was concerned, though, because Kenneth still had not showed back up in Mass, and he cannot be alone, basically. Now, how many days after they saw her? Uh, because so the 17th to the 22nd. So, five days, and she five yeah. days. She, to... cl she claims he left, but she didn't say when. No, okay. Well, they but saw him five days before, and they didn't notice he was that sick. He was going to be up and gone. Well, this was it, actually what I read about his, the way he looked and stuff. Yeah. Like that whole thing. Yeah. That was all actually in a um, court report. Gotcha. Because she filed a appeal saying that they went onto her property. Um, yeah. So they. Without a warrant. Went nonsense. about it the wrong way. Well, no, they. It got thrown out. Thrown her out. appeal got denied because she was just looking for ways to not go to jail. Obviously. <clears throat> uh, so, due to his mental capacity, his mother let the police know he couldn't be on his own, which she did when he was filed as missing persons. But the police tried several times to get a hold of Sheila, but she never retur returned her, their calls or didn't answer the phone. So, you know. Until two days later. March 24th at 1 a.m., Sheila called Sergeant Gallagher. She told him again that Kenneth had left and said she had a tape she wanted him to listen to. Gallagher said, all right, like the tape. On the tape, Sheila states that she's a justice of peace, which, okay. All right. Sure. She, for some reason, thought that meant she was a judge, a prosecutor, uh, executioner. Uh, okay, so okay. She thought, she thought she was being a JOP meant she could do whatever the Heck, she no. wanted. No. Um, it started, started questioning Kenneth about raping children. He replied yes to all her questions in a muffled, soft voice, like he was being coerced to say yes. At the end of the tape, you can hear Kenneth start throwing up, and then you hear Sheila tell him to stop faking throwing up, and then you could hear an audible, like, which is Kenneth falling on the ground. Yeah, he fainted. Oh, how horrible. And in what Sheila on the tape says, Kenneth County is now faking that he fainted. Finally, at the end of the tape, you can hear Sheila crying hysterically and saying, why, why, why? He's dead. The police, so concerned for the safety of Kenneth, decided to wait a good old 6 p.m. to check on him. Oh, my God. The following day. So Well, that same day. At 1 a.m., she calls. Yeah, so we're talking. 18 hours. They wait to check on. That's one of the big problems I have with this case is the lack. It is because she f would fuck with them all the time. Yeah. Still, I mean, you gotta have some sort of uh, that yeah, like hindsight, I, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he clearly was in distress, but I mean, I'm, yeah, maybe and this is like number two. There's some protocol that maybe we don't know about, but to mm -hmm. me, like the calls. I hear on my scanner humanity. of people being like, there's a drunk driver. The yeah. police are right there. Somebody, right. you know. Yeah. I know. I know. <clears throat> so, at 6 p.m., they head over to her farm. 
On the way to the front door, they pass a burnt mattress on the lawn in a second pile of burning ash. Using a flashlight, they look around the burnt pile and see a knife handle with a melted blade, tree limb clipper, clippers, a burnt chair, and a piece of bone with large, fleshy material attached to it. So again, they saw bone yes. with flesh on it in a and burnt pile. And just walked away. Well, oh. they, they make a note in their head of that. They go to the door. And Nothing the written down. No pictures well, no, they, taken. They haven't, but they couldn't because they're only it there was, for a welfare check. Okay. They need a warrant. This is what she tried yeah. is trying to appeal here. Yeah. They have to have probable cause, maybe. They go to the door. No one answers. Then they That's call the county attorney who tells them they have enough evidence to conduct a well-being check on Kenneth. When no one answers the door again after the backup has arrived, yeah. um, they go to kick in the door. And as soon as they do that, Sheila shows up coming up the drive. She told them again, Kenneth was not there, and then proceeded to walk them through the house room by room, which is once beautiful farm mm-hmm. turned into a disgusting shit show. Disgusting, Hundreds dirty. of rabbits mm-hmm. running around the inside of the house, mm-hmm. and rabbits shit like nobody's business. Like, They're always oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah. Just like goats. And um, they also rotten food. All over the counters and the sink. She's just gross. Oh, she's yeah. just mentally. She she. Mentally. We'll find out. You'll find out what's really wrong with her. But she tries to plead insanity. Okay. But you have to. There's certain parameters where you have to. During the act, you have to not know what you're doing. Right. And she knew. Especially with this. So they see a pair of new sneakers, and Sheila told them that they were Kenneth's, but refused to allow them to take them. When asked about the bone, Sheila told them she cremated her rabbits. When pressed about it, saying it was too big for a rabbit, she became irritated that so it was either a rabbit or a pedophile, and she told them to get off their property without a warrant. That's, that tells them right there, what yeah. the heck? So they left. <sighs> the next day, they were granted a search warrant. When the police got there, they came across Sheila covered in ash and carrying a gun. <clears throat> she had been kneeling in the bird pile where they found saw the bone uh-huh. sifting through mm-hmm. it. So trying to find, I'm assuming, bones to make sure that they burn. Um, Just they were able to find like small witch. bones that appear to be human. The bone the police saw the day before was gone. The house, the barn, and all the 115 acres became a crime scene officially, and it was the largest in New Hampshire history. Yes, I As remember that. they're searching through the house, they came across blood splatter throughout the whole house. Bathroom... Mm. And blood spotter that was so old it had dust in it. So not from Kenneth. Because I, I got to go back. Um, the police brought Sheila in for questioning. Before they headed to the police station, she informed them she was carrying a thirty eight caliber Smith & Wesson. When the officer asked if she had any other weapons, she lifted up her shirt, showing her boob, full on boob, and then started unbutting her pants. So this is what the officer tried to deal with with her. Every time. Oh my god. So after the interview, Sheila did not claim anything. Uh, She was let go, but put under surveillance. Yep. A huge mistake. Because they didn't arrest her right off. She was roaming the streets. Oh yeah. Um, Because the CSI team decided to flush her septic to see if there was evidence. Mm. And lo and behold, they found some. Mike DeLodge was 38. Down on his luck, he became even more lucky in 2005 when he met Sheila. So this was a year before Kenneth. 
Okay. But they didn't know about him. That's why I did Kenneth first. Yeah. Because they didn't yeah. find out about Mike until... After Kenneth. Kenneth, yeah. He was also diso- developmentally disabled. Who at the time, when Sheila met him, he was homeless. Sheila, looking for men, was hanging out in the soup kitchen, and that's how she met him. Uh, Mike, Sad, thinking huh? he found a job and a place to stay, as well as a girlfriend, jumped at the chance with Sheila. She mm-hmm. would regularly beat him up and treat him just like straight shit. His mother and stepfather would try to convince him to leave, but Mike felt he had no other choice. So, again, she scared the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Abuse. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, beat, beat me up, beat me up, and then be nice well, to me, and, you know? Yeah, that's... Um, Sheila didn't like Mike talking to his family, so convinced Mike that his mother abused him. She even made him make a video saying these facts. Sound like the confession. Yeah, like, the audio of Kenneth. video. In the video, you can see Mike covered in scratches and bruises, and he says, I'm starting to remember things from my past. You really messed me up. You really messed me up. Talking about his mom. Yeah. Sheila also had Mike write a letter to his mother, cutting all times with her. So with no one checking on Mike, Sheila took to regularly beating the hell out of him. A wintry day, a neighbor saw Mike limping down the road, heading away from Sheila's house with blood dripping down his face. As he passed the neighbor, all he said was, Sheila. After all that, Mike came back to Sheila, because he, like I said, didn't feel like he had anywhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Next thing we know, he's never heard from again, and she's dating Kenneth. Until the CSI find his birth certificate and some other evidence in the septic. So they had no idea about Mike. He's never reported missing or anything. That's so sad. While they wait for DNA results on the blood and bones, Sheila is, as we said before, still free. She yep. decided to dye her hair bright red, which you saw in the picture. Yep, yep. Uh, take out $85,000 in Skip Town. We're just going to try and run. In the time she was skipping town, she was sleeping with people. She was hitchhiking, uh, slept with a trucker. Yeah. And then how she got caught was a guy she was sleeping with called the cops because he saw. So March 31st, they put out an arrest warrant. Um, one of the suitors called the cops on her from Revere when he saw her on the news. Revere? Revere. Mass. Yes. So, he's so brought, she didn't even go that far. No, she really <laughs> didn't. She's from Alabama. Just go go back. Oh, my word. Um, so the DNA results come back, and the blood is Mike Delage, and the bones are of Kenneth. When brought to Sheila, she admits to both the murders. The body of Mike has never been found, but it's believed that she burned him like she did Kenneth. Mm-hmm. In a surprise to everyone, like I said, Sheila admits to killing them both, but claims... Um, insanity. She claims, though, that she was doing God's work. That Kenneth and Mike were both pedophiles and they deserved to die. So, before we go into the court trial, I want to say there's absolutely no proof that either of them were pedophiles. She beat the fucking hell out of them to get them to confess to it. Like, both were covered in bruises. Both were, like, it was clear. Yeah, yeah. The Just only like an proof, abuser would do. Yeah, Sheila had was all the, the tapes of them showing them severely bruised and beaten up to admitting whatever she wanted. Her defense, defense team tried to use the insane defense and that did not work out. Sheila, so we're going to the trial now. 
Sheila's sister went on the stand to try and help prove that her sister was insane. <laughs> I mean, okay, that yeah. so, says a lot. She told the jury how her sister told her that pedophiles were drawn to her and she could tell who was a pedophile and who wasn't if she talked to them long enough. She also told the jury that Sheila believed that her house was haunted and the ghost attacked her. <laughs> so, that's, that's that. During the trial, both the defense and prosecution had forensic psychologists who interviewed Sheila. First, we go with the defense, who his name is Malcolm Rogers. He two said, different, two different psychologists. Yeah. Okay. Well, they need to because the, the one, one for defense yeah. and one for prosecution. So the one for the defense says it appeared Sheila had either schizophrenic affective disorder or delusional disorder that caused her to mistakenly believe that men were pedophiles and to kill them. That her delusions were because she believed she was brought back to earth by God to kill pedophiles. Although. The story she told him is different from the story she told the state's forensic psychologist, Albert, Albert Drukentinus. <laughs> he interviewed Sheila, and she told them she killed Mike because he was hurting and killing her rabbits, and also threatened her life. So this is a totally different story than the pedophile one. She yeah. also told the doctor that she and Mike both ran into the house, so this is how he died. According to her. Yep. Ran to the house and ended up in the kitchen where she grabbed a chain and started beating him with it. Okay. Afterward, after she beat the hell out of him, he was still alive but bleeding from the head. Sheila, being the nice lady she was, told him to go to the hospital. I really doubt it. I... But he told her he deserved to die because he was evil. He went, laid on the couch, and two weeks later he died. Oh my so, yeah. She claims Kenneth's death was an accident. She claims that one morning Kenneth woke up and just started choking her. So here we go. Oh, yeah. Self-defense. Oh, yeah. She was oh, able yeah. to get out of his grasp. All while they were fighting, she claims Kenneth told her he only came to the farm to steal her money for his drug habit, which is no proof he had a drug habit. They somehow ended up in the bathroom. Kenneth slipped, hit his head, and died. She <laughs> said she tried to do CPR. She tried to save him. But this is the one that messes with me so much. She said that she didn't bring Kenneth to cover up the crime. No, no, no. She did it to keep his mother from ever seeing his body again. Uh, what a demon. Uh, you see, what an idiot. Dr. Albert said that he believed that Sheila was sane. He said her intense anger, obsession with pedophilia, and paranoia are signs of a mood and personality disorder that are severe enough to make her psychotic at times. But there is enough evidence to show that Sheila's mental illness did not cause her to commit the crimes. She answered questions well and tried to explain evidence away that made her look bad. Her actions were not consistent in believing she was an avenging angel. She brought all the men into her home, had a relationship with them, until she decided she didn't want them anymore, then she would torture them and kill them. Accusing them to be, of being pedophiles was a way to give herself, herself an excuse to kill them because she was sadistic. All this proved to the jury that was that Sheila was of sound mind when she committed the crimes then tried to cover them up. She was found guilty on all counts, so at the age of 49, Sheila was sentenced to life without parole. So, this is what I don't understand. Um, she got convicted in Epping. Yep. So, in New Hampshire. But she is now serving her sentence in Homestead Correctional Institute in Florida. I don't know why they do that. They I'm transfer prisoners for some reason I don't, for yeah. just the stature of 
it was too much around here, maybe? I don't know. I was going to ask the police chief yesterday, but he's busy. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Because I've heard of that before, like, the high profile ones. Yeah. Can it be, like, better security, probably? Maybe. Like, maybe we don't have that security up here. I don't know. I don't they don't couldn't even arrest her. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, this is not the end of the story. <laughs> Just yet. While the CSI was sifting through old burnt piles on the property, they discovered toe bones. Um, what? Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. So it's they, in a barrel. They tested the bones, and they did not belong to any of Sheila's known victims. Mm-mm. So they have no idea where these toe bones came. So either somebody's walking around with no toes... Or, or the whole bodies. body, and she forgot the toes. Yeah. The police believe there are more victims out there who had no family to report them missing. So they, they said in the uh, interview that Sheila could have went to New York, picked up a homeless man, oh, yeah. and killed him, and nobody would know. Nope. Uh, Sheila's not talking. Without her to tell the truth, we would never know her victim count. So I consider her a serial killer because, as I said in the beginning, I'm pretty sure she killed her husband. Yeah. Or not her husband, the guy she mooched off of, Bill. Right. She killed these two, so that's three of big her serial killer. And all the toes. Yeah, there's definitely more. Um, Was there just uh, one set of toes, or they, they said just a couple? got a set of toes. So a set of toes? One? Yeah. Assuming set a set of toes, all ten. Well, they said discovered toe bones. Toe bones. Okay. I'm, like, picturing in my head, you know, like, brass knuckles, how yeah, they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, like, a bunch of toes. Yeah. <laughs> Laying around. Um... Many of her neighbors came forward when they found the boat saying that they saw people come but never leave. Like, there was always yes, men going the there. the farmhands. Yeah. So I think there would be one detective to go when he's bored or not anything to do or, like, the cold case unit open to go it up open and it up and be able to find this. What led this? Yeah, I mean, she has a hundred, hundreds and hundreds of tapes of her on chat lines with men. I didn't say this in the beginning, but when she moved up here, she yeah. would record every conversation on the phone, in person. She recorded everything. So they have tapes upon tapes upon tapes of her, I can't imagine. her having conversations it's... with people. So like I said, a detective that is retired could look into this and probably find out a lot more people. Right. A right. lot more bodies. Just even by talk? Yeah. You know, putting the time in. Exactly. to say it, but... A 150-acre farm went up for auction in 2008, I think, like, a little while after this. Yeah, yeah. For 600K. I mean, it's a lot, because that house probably had to be taken down. going to have to drive by. I I don't think the house is there anymore. No. Maybe not. We should. Do a drive-by. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. Smile. What did you think of that? I liked it. Hunter? Hunter? That was good. That was like way before your time. Way? She was was only like five years old. 1980 something? Well, no, but when it happened in 2006, so you were five. Yeah, so we just aged Hunter, by the way. She is 19. (laughs) She will be 20. (laughs) 20. She'll be 20. I hope you guys all enjoyed this. I enjoyed it very much doing this with my awesome, awesome mom and my awesome, awesome sister, Hunter Rose. I'm just playing. Oh, just pointing at goats, so we're all like peeking our heads up over and looking. We will see you next week with a new guest host. Love you guys. <laughs>